You are listening to SelfDiscoveryRadio.com with an orchard of wisdom just ready for your picking, filled with illuminating, inspiring stories. Do check out the community and the discovery stores. We are here for you. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Ignite Your Heart and Soul. Today, we have a wonderful host with us who's been extremely patient with me as I have now gone to video, battling with the wonderful technology that we have. But we persevere because we have a beautiful show to bring to you. I am Sarah Troy of SelfDiscoveryRadio.com on Igniting Your Heart and Soul show. And my guest today is the very, very beautiful and very, very gifted Stephanie, uh, Stephanie uh, Madison, Magison. I got to make sure I honour that name. She's written a beautiful book called, you know, White uh, Searching for the White Magician: Spiritual Psychology and the Manifestation of Destiny. But she also has a wonderful foundation, which is in the education of children, giving them that. Um, you know, that hand up, giving them a future to, that they can rely on, something that shows that we believe in them and that we want to enable them to get where they need to go in life. So today we're going to take this journey along with her of the white um, magician of what this book is about, what brought her to this wonderful journey of helping our kids. And uh, that spiritual psychology of igniting and aligning with self and how to embrace things even when they go wrong, because we certainly have had that today. We were meant to start this show an hour ago. <laughs> thank you so much for your patience, love, and welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. This is a beautiful opportunity, and I really appreciate having this uh, platform to connect with your listeners and hopefully to share a message of optimism, of tolerance, and also of the importance of cultivating a spiritual practice and of being of service. Yeah, being of service is something very important, isn't it? I think every single one of us is looking for that meaningful purpose in life. Because, you know, people say, what is life all about? It's our contribution. What are we contributing to the whole? What do we bring to the table? That beautiful, meaningful purpose we have is, in fact, our gift, isn't it? And when we discover what that is, we bring that to the table and for all to feast on. And each person has their own contribution, but when we bring it to the whole, that's when we truly see things really expand. How have you found that with um, embracing your purpose? Yes. Well, I truly believe that everything that happens to us throughout our lifetime is really an indication of what we come here to learn so that ultimately we can teach it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in Romania under the communist regime. I was born in 1968. And in 1983, when I was 15 years old and adolescent, my parents and my older sister, the four of us, received the approval to come to the to immigrate to the United States legally. And it was a tough time. 1983 was a time when Romania was communist, when immigrating meant pretty much leaving one country's for good. So our even though we left legally, our home was confiscated by the Romanian government. Our citizenship was confiscated as well. 
And we arrived in America, actually in Salt Lake City, Utah, with $500, um, four suitcases, no citizenship, and the two parents who did not have a, a college education. So we had to start from zero. Mm-hmm. And it was a very humbling experience for me because we had a more or less sheltered life for a communist country. Our life was a, a bit better than most, I would say. And so coming to America and hoping for even more opportunities and getting away from uh, such an oppressive regime um, was really such a big lesson in becoming very, very humble. Mm-hmm. Because we are all of a sudden at the bottom of the pyramid and we started from zero. And I really described the first 10 years in America as, at least this is how it is, how it was for me, crawling in the mud. Mm. It was very humbling and very hard for all four of us. For me personally, I knew that only through education and very hard work, I could start to perhaps build that dream. Um, And spirituality, which I can talk about it later because I do want to answer your question, was a very important bridge for me to start building in this new world where we had to we had nothing anymore no money uh, not the social connections not the uh, friends or what we knew about life everything was taken away and so we really had to start with with a bridge of something so for me it was the spiritual bridge from which I built. But these 10 years, so the 15 to the age of 25, were really years of very hard work and also years when I asked myself very deeply, who am I beyond my possessions, beyond my education? And I think the conclusion in so many words was that I was a spiritual being having a human experience and that the social class and family possessions did not really define me that much, or at least they were not at the core of who I was. So that was the big lesson. I have to say, because I know there's a lot of pressure for a lot of youngsters uh, in this day to give back and to volunteer and do so much service early on. It never crossed my mind because I was just barely trying to survive. A lot of people say, oh, you must have felt that you wanted to start a foundation from day one. It's like, no, but I think this experience of knowing what it's like yeah. to to have very little help and to do it all on your own and to hope for someone to lend a hand, um, it was a very important 10 years, which prepared me for understanding and wanting to then lend a hand to those who couldn't do it for themselves. Yes. I I Uh, think all the time, actually, when we get those redirects, because, you know, that's what I I call them, redirects. You know, we get, uh, I've been an immigrant 
two or three times in my life and you know literally just with what I had and you know yes I do have the English which of course you know I went to English speaking countries always had that benefit but still you're in a country you don't know people you don't know you're away from family and sometimes you don't even know what you're doing there but you're a seeker you know you you're looking for a place to belong you're looking for something that you can bring to the table and it does take some time to kind of get into a niche and you know being a spiritual being first before the human being you know it was always a little difficult for me on that basis because that's what I led with you know my my spiritualness um, and you have to kind of wait for society to kind of catch up and the vibration to raise before people kind of really get that but yeah. it is because of the journey that we yeah. find our purpose. Now, would you be doing what you're doing with your foundation, the Blue Heron Foundation, which I think is a beautiful name, you know, helping kids get the education they need so that they do have opportunities. You wouldn't have done that had you not had the journey you had and realized how important education was. So when we're in struggle, we need to understand that struggle has a purpose. And we don't yeah. always know what that purpose is until we're willing to take the journey and then, aha, it comes. Yes. Only now looking at the whole big arc, I realized that everything was there for a purpose. Even the education I got, which initially I thought, what am I going to do with a degree in public health? Mm-hmm. But literally what I learned during those four years in college was how to develop community health programs, how to evaluate them and implement them. Well, how perfect for when I was then 32 and I, I uh, set up this foundation, which is college scholarships for Romanian and Moldovan orphans. We put them through college, we pair them up with mentors, and we really help them heal and strengthen and and become self-sufficient, reliant adults. Mm-hmm. And um, but yes, it's it is only in retrospect, and so many other things that I that that I did the the master's degree in applied spiritual psychology, which I received from University of Santa Monica, here in Los Angeles. It taught me about the steps of how to take an inner dream and manifest it into the physical reality because we are really here to navigate two worlds. We are with a foot in the spiritual world because we are spiritual beings and we came and we go back to spirit when we live, when we leave this mortal coil behind. And yet we have this arc of time on this planet to give it our all and do something with the talents, with the skills, with the education and experience we have. And so this program of um, applied spiritual psychology really learned me how to take an inner dream and transform it into reality. And I think so many of the skills I learned there, I've also used in the program, the, the college scholarship program to teach the kids we've taken under our wing about a hundred every year, how to make their dreams come true. Um, I think it's yeah. the best learning, quite honestly, and this is what Soft Discovery Radio is about, is people like yourself that have taken the journey and you've been through hard times, rough times, but you discover your strength, your courage, your abilities, uh, your passion, your focus, 
yes. you know, that you learn through those struggle times. So yeah. many people are trying to avoid the struggle. And it's, you know, we need the struggle because it actually, you know, teaches us so much about ourselves. And we discover just how awesome we really are when we are willing to step into it. Of course, what we're doing with this show today is helping people understand it doesn't have to be that hard if you're willing to listen and hear and apply some of the techniques that, you know, we've done along the way. But you're still going to go through some hard times and learn from them. Don't get beaten down by them. You yes. know, it, it isn't the why me. It's It happens to everybody. Um, and it defines who we are, of how we come out of it, isn't it? How we embrace that uh, spiritual I, I, I journey. Found, sadly, um, and I don't mean to dismiss it, but so often when we ask the question, the why me, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a waste of time. But a lot of the time, people need to go a little bit in yes. that circle, yeah. feel like they've left no stone unturned, but just from the experience, uh, it would be so much more efficient to bypass it and and say, and what what's next and yeah. how can I do it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I I would like to invite our listeners to, for those who don't know or who are in search of figuring out what their purpose mm-hmm. is here in this lifetime, one of the most beautiful ways to start is, and I work a lot with dreams, we can talk more about that, but is to set an intention before they go to sleep at night or before mm. they do some freeform writing to ask this question, God or source, whatever. So, yes, uh, given the talents, given the skills, the education, the experience I have, please show me what would be the best use of these mm-hmm. uh, gifts and talents. And then just listening in silence, waiting for those signs, because we are often animated in some way by that which speaks to us. And if, I'm, if I was called to work with Romanian orphaned uh, young adults, somebody may be called to work with substance yeah. abuse, users or maybe with a member of the family who Mm -hmm. really needs to be uplifted Um, it's important to really listen to our heart and to that little voice inside I don't like the pressure from the outside world what I should uh, put my energy and focus on I know I'm called to give but I want to do it on my own terms and it's also because I believe in giving for from the overflow. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be another item on the list. I want to feel that I have, that when I'm really called to do it, it's, it, it fills me up in the process. And, and that but filling up, it, you know, yeah. mm, and, and it's not a head filling up, is it? It's the, it's the, uh, the gut and the heart and the spirit filling up. You know, when yeah. you, you know, I'm always saying to people that don't think your knowledge, feel your knowledge. You know, yes. you know, when your gut and your heart and your and your spirit, are, you know, in truth with that knowledge, uh, you know what you need to know when you need to know it. And so many times we're busy trying to think. Well, what could it be? What this? What that? No, you have to feel it. You all yeah. know what your path is when it hits you. Yeah. You know when it comes to you from from the soul up. Yeah. 
you be, because you become animated yeah. inside. Yeah. And that's what you have to pay attention to what animates us, what what raises the hair on our yeah. you know, forearms. It will it will become apparent. Yeah. And sometimes I truly believe that one of the most important things many of the people out there can do is take good care of themselves and first heal themselves. Oh, 100%. Yes, because some of the best ways we can be of help is by us being healthy and healed in the world. You can't help anyone else if you're you're depleted. You really can't. Yes, it takes years to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, sometimes we can do sort of both at the same time, but I would say first do that. And in fact, I would like to share with our listeners my hierarchy of priorities Mm -hmm. because this is how I do things. My first priority is God and my relationship to God. And then it's Stefania as in my physical needs and emotional and mental needs then my husband and children, then the foundation, then my extended family, friends, and hobbies. If I don't have this hierarchy in this order, I realize that I was running on empty. Yes. The ship is in danger of, of um, sinking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I can't give my husband or, or the kids that much if I'm not, if I haven't said my prayer and mm-hmm. taken good care of my body and emotional needs first. And so I, I encourage everyone out there to get very clear of their priorities and to to give and be of service from a full tank and from the overflow. A hundred percent, because, you know, I'm, I'm a person that's always had to be in service. But what was happening is I was sacrificing myself by becoming servitude. I, I became a servant to my service yes. at the cost of myself. And then, you know, you find everything starts breaking down. Your body, your emotions, your relationships, everything, because you're simply giving too much. Now, yes. logically, if you don't put gas in the car and if you don't, you know, change the oil now and again, that car's going to break down. We yes. have to remember we're in a vessel yes. here. This body needs to be treated with respect and honor, and you need to look after it and what it contains, our psyche. And, yes. you know, we we love to look at ourselves as spiritual beings that lives in the universe, and we don't need anything out there. We don't need the physical, but we've been given this gift of the body, and it's a beautiful experience when we choose to be in partnership with it and honor its needs. And that's something I think a lot of people don't understand. Honor the needs of all of this internally and externally first. I so agree. I have so much to add to this. About seven years ago, I went back to the same school, University of Santa Monica. They are offering a postmasters, a one-year postmasters program in consciousness, health, and healing. And then again, I'm auditing it this year. But it was seven years ago that I was discovering, I I was working with a health issue, which for me was I had lost a lot of hair. Mm -hmm. And that was the way my overworking and running on AP and being a bit frantic had manifested. And yeah, I started taking vitamins and yeah, I got potions for my hair and so on. But beyond that, I truly came to the conclusion at the end of the year 
that what is the most important thing for me is to achieve a harmonious balance between being and doing. And that's that was the cause of my hair yeah. falling and adrenal issues. And really, that is the cause for most people. For me, the adrenals and the hair were yeah. the weak part. But it, it's different for everyone. Some, some of the people, when they work too much, when they run on empty, it's the autoimmune system that gives in or other, there's other physical ailments. Everybody has their own sensitivity and point of weakness where they will have the breakdown. But that is what I got from that year where I looked deeply at my health on the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual level, that I was doing too much, I was too frantic, and my body was suffering, and in that process, I wasn't helping anyone, because if I was going to break down, my kids were going to suffer, my husband, the foundation, the kids and the foundation, and uh, it's... uh, a no good thing. So at the beginning of every year, when I write my intentions for the year, and it's something that I encourage um, our listeners to do, because it's a beautiful process, I always put the overarching intention for the year is to have a harmonious balance between being and doing. And in the process, I did a little, just in just the last few weeks, I did some research, and I saw that there's a whole movement with not only slow food, but slow living, slow learning, people are starting to catch up to the incredible value of slowing down and Mm -hmm. adopting a rhythm that honors who they are. Because not all of us can We can't maintain the pace. No, no. Um, I I actually have another show, Sarah's View of Life, and the other day I was actually at the bus stop and I was watching all these cars whizzing by and I thought, Am I just getting old? Do these cars feel like they're going faster than they used to? Or is it just me that slowed down? And, you know, and I'm more aware of everything around my life because, you know, when you're in that fast lane, all you are is on full speed and you miss things. When you slow down, you start paying attention to what is around you and you absorb your surroundings. You, you know, you look at things differently. They have a different meaning to you because you've taken the time to allow things to happen, surrendering to the receiving. And if we're in in high speed all the time, we're going to miss the signs that tell us when to get off. We're going to miss opportunities because we're constantly diving for that end goal. But what about the process and the allowing and the receiving and the learning along the way? You know, it's the snail eventually gets there and the tortoise eventually gets there, right? (laughs) It doesn't mean that we do less of what's essential. Mm -hmm and that we don't complete the project. And we may do it in a deeper way that doesn't require that we go back five more times uh, with the mistakes that can happen when we are, you know, in fifth gear all the time. Um, But yes, how about the enjoyment of being, how about uh, the wonderful effects that it has on stress and anxiety, which are two of the most uh, prevalent issues in our Mm. time. Um, so I'm a big believer in finding our ideal pace. And some people are a little more faster paced than others, but we really find, have to find that which honors our innate pace. And I am convinced that we can get just as much done of what's essential 
for our purpose here in life. Yes, but why are we in such a hurry? Mm-hmm. You know, somewhere along the line, life dictated that you've got to live your life at full speed and abundant and achieve this by then. Who yes. said? We yes. hopefully have a long life. And we're going to have a longer life if we actually pay attention to our life and nurture ourselves along the way and understand that um, so many people, because they're living in that fast lane, constantly chasing something, that they're missing the true gifts of life, the simple joys, the answers that are right there in the observations. And if we don't tap in, you know, it's got to come from our inside out. And if yeah. we don't tap in and start feeling life, feeling that knowledge, observing how certain things make us feel, we actually won't understand the purpose of our life. Yes, I, I agree. And I forgot which of our spiritual luminaries um, said recently, it is not just the years that add to our lives, mm-hmm. but the life that we add to our years. And that is it goes hand in hand with what we've been talking with also enjoying life in the process and and it ties into mindfulness too mm-hmm. being present to what unfolds not only on the four senses but the the five senses but the sixth one as yes. well as there is a lot going on there and we do want to have that multi-dimensional experience as life unfolds the knowingness you know, yes. stepping into that knowingness when you are in that knowingness, but you know what you need to know when you need to know it. It is that breath, isn't it? It's that, <sighs> that deep breath. You know, you don't need to question it. You know. And you yeah. then go and do because you know in assuredness. And I think, you know, um, when we were busy trying to put this video together and having a few technical issues before the show, you know, you did a prayer, you know, helping us kind of get into the alignment because we get frantic when things don't work. And then the more frantic you get, the less they're going to work. And sometimes just taking that pause, you know, that help, God, or the deep breath and just calming down then everything just starts falling into place because when we get frantic or or um you know busy that we can't work something out it, we get yeah. wound up and the more you do that the more you block the knowledge yes. so it's take a breath right it's so important to take a breath and take it in well everything that has to do with frantic and anxiety and stress is of the ego so mm-hmm. it just uh remembering in that moment to take that step back reconnect with spirit and allow the answer to to come to us i know it's easier said than done yes we can practice that that's the thing practice it you know because if you know hang on you're blocking your airways take that breath calm down for a moment step back right really important let's change directions now into your book beautifully um, um, illustrated cover there really lovely and what brought the book about and what um, what is it that um, you're wanting people to receive from this book the white magician well the book is really a book of dialogues I met uh, a good 10 years ago a wonderful Romanian American she's a journalist a writer a poet and screenwriter and she loved the work that I do with the foundation. And she also found in talking to me that my answers were rather elaborate and unconventional. And our conversations often 
um, took us into uncharted and provocative territory. So she invited me to do an interview with her for a Romanian literary magazine, but our one interview became four interviews, and then because of all the comments and all the questions and how well it was received by the public, the four interviews became 13 interviews published uh, in 13 months. And she said, well, we have a book. So the book was published originally in Romanian about six years ago, and it sold out in two editions. And then New Meridian Arts, a publishing company in New York, which likes to give voice to um, to to authors who are translated into English and put them on the radar. They kept tugging at my sleeve because I'm not a person who promotes herself very much. And they said, we really love this book. Please finish translating it and let's get it out there. So the book is out. It's called Searching for the White Magician, Spiritual Psychology and the Manifestation of Destiny. There are 13 chapters. They each stand on its own. So you can read the book in whatever order you want. And the themes range from spiritual psychology, the manifestation of destiny, philanthropy, service, immigration. We talk about the difference between religion and spirituality, the difference between feminism and femininity. There's a whole chapter on dreams because I consider it one of my quote-unquote specialties and this wonderful, wonderful way to connect with our subconscious yes. and to bring meaning and answers into our life from that higher place. There, There is um, a chapter, a whole, a whole and very long chapter about chakras, those mm-hmm. sets of energy and how we work with them. Um, one about sin, guilt, and punishment. Um, I hope it's something that interests the reader. I've had about 27 years of experience in spiritual psychology. That is when I completed my master's in spiritual psychology, and I have stayed in touch with that school, and I have always read pertinent material i have i'm a meditator i have used so many skills ranging from dream analysis to freeform writing to my, to this incredible service project the foundation that has been alive and thriving for 16 years and i'm i consider myself to be an adventurer and a person who cultivates her spiritual practice. So this book comes from my experience, from my uh, desire to share in a practical and authentic and genuine way my path yeah. audience. And um, I hope those who are on the verge of starting this journey or who have been on this journey for a long time are called to read the book. And, and I'm sure they will identify with many of the, topics that I just mentioned. 
and you know one thing I love about books like that is that sometimes you need to know something and you literally can open up the book to whatever chapter and that is actually what you need to know in that moment yes. you know it's a uh, what do I need to know today or what you know what path am I needing open it up there is that chapter it's going to have the answers in there for you so you know be willing to read and take that journey um you know, some people will read right from the beginning to the end, and it's wonderful. Um, they've read it all, and then they know to go then back to a chapter yes. when they're actually particularly stuck on a, on a subject. And again, you'll read it in a different light, and it will have different answers for you. And that's the beauty of a book. It's always got something else to reveal, and it will reveal it when you're ready to receive it. Yes. So we can read it store the information, and then we can go back and revisit it when we truly need to understand what that information means to us. So yeah. a really uh, a good book to have in your library, folks, and also a good one to give as a gift to people, especially when they're in self-discovery, because that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yes. And, you know, the book is, re- is really written based on my experience. It's not just theory about spiritual psychology right. that I'm regurgitating and it's written from the point of view of some someone who has applied in her life mm. these skills for example the second year in my master's degree program we were asked to in I think it was in October in October the project started we were asked to make a dream come true and this project took nine months and you couldn't graduate it was a thesis but you really had to demonstrate on the tangible level in life that you can manifest a dream into reality Mm -hmm. it's not just writing a paper for me it was getting ready on the physical mental emotional and spiritual level to meet my life partner and uh, toward the end of the project I met my husband and we've been married for 23 years and then I took was he part of the dream by the way well he was he in a way yeah because I was I didn't want to say I wanted to find my life partner because I thought it would be too much pressure to find that someone by the by the end of the second year but I thought if I get myself ready yes you know I did have a list with the with the Desires. <laughs> the qualities I wanted right. in that person. And we were encouraged to write everything we could possibly want. But they said it should be at least 51% attainable. Mm-hmm. So we always write as if we had a magic wand and if there were no, um, nothing in the way, what would it look, what would the ideal dream look like? But they encouraged us to make it 51 to shoot for the 51% that was realistic. But it was about me getting ready yes. as to finding the right person. And it happened. And then some eight years later, it's how I manifested the foundation. And so the book is written from an experiential point of view. And I hope that because of that, uh, people will really resonate with yeah. it well i think this is um again why the reason i do the show as i do is because your journey is going yes. to resonate with someone you yes. know and don't have to come from romania don't even have to be an immigrant but it's to somebody who's embraced their redirect in their own self-discovery how you've done it you know call it inspiration for invitation because when they're inspired by you it invites them 
to take their own journey in that discovery, either using the wisdom that you partake or tools or skills that you have, which, of course, in the book, you'll have a lot of that. And we are inspired by someone else who's taken the journey. You know, we can go to school, we can learn things via books, but they just feel so disconnected. When you listen to someone or, or see someone and you hear their story, there's something about them that resonates with you and you see something of yourself in their story. And it's like, if they can do that, um, maybe I should try this. Maybe I can believe in myself. Maybe I can achieve this myself. And that's that inspiration that then invites them to take their action. And basically, really as an invitation, that's all we can do, isn't it? Is inspire someone to want to take their journey. I think that so, so much of what I share is part of our universal journey mm-hmm. and part of our universal experiences. And we all have doubts and we all have intentions, but maybe no skills. Yeah. So that is why I think it's beautiful when we find, and I find also so many teachers and inspirational writers or speakers. It's so beautiful when when you read about their doubts and what stood in their way and how they navigated that terrain and got to the other side. And, um, yeah, one of the things, too, that I wanted to mention is how important it has been to me as a human being to go beyond just the way psychology was taught in schools. Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> it was so off-putting. Mm. I, I started and never completed a doctorate in traditional psychology. And the reason why I didn't complete it, it was because I couldn't put myself through, after the first year, through four additional years of studying something that was only addressed as a science when yeah. the word in itself psyche is our yeah. <laughs> we all know about psyche the um the goddess of, of the soul it's like how can they teach this subject without paying attention to the to, to the semantic of the word, to to the root of the word. And so I could not finish that. And I've, all, I've associated myself, I know there are many programs out there with this particular school because our soul was taken into account yes. in explaining our experience as human beings on the planet. Um, yes, so- I, had a, I had a psychotherapist who said, you know, I came to an understanding that they didn't address the soul at all. So she called it, you know, sacred therapy, you know, yeah. embracing our sacredness. And it's, yeah. you know, and it's, you know, psychotherapy and psychology is all to do with really the mind. Well, if you just get stuck in the mind and you're not paying attention to the heart and the soul and the spirit, which is our other cylinders in our vehicle, then, you know, what are you tuning? You know, just tuning one aspect of it. And we know that if you just get stuck in the mind, you're never going to find the answers because the mind is limited to what it knows. I mean, really, our intellect is here to be of service to our soul and heart. And we have to remember that so much of our spiritual journey is about dismantling our (laughs) rational minds. Uh, They really are in service to our soul and what we came here to do. And not to dismiss them, they are wonderful and we have to cultivate them. And I appreciate and admire incredible intellects that I'm 
surrounded with and I hear or see on TV, etc. And yet I always feel that I hope that their brilliant intellect is in service to their soul and heart. Um, absolutely. And, you know, when we look at the universe, what is the universe about? It's about creation. The universe doesn't know right and wrong. It knows how to create. And when something dies, it recreates something out of that. And, you know, it is always about creation. And if you look about us, we're always creating new possibilities, creating new opportunities, uh, creating something within ourselves. And if we step into creation and, and understand how that is constantly allowing things to grow, at the same time, things also have to die. There's a purpose in that. Yeah. And it's the the yin and the yang, the, the good and the bad. Everything has a reason for it. So yeah. even if you are traveling in the dark times, there's a yeah. reason for it. Maybe it's just a time to nurture and love yourself. Give yourself that care that you need and that self-discovery and bringing yourself out. But don't think it's the end of times. It's just the transition into your own light. Yes. And, you know... There are so many cycles in our lifetime, mm-hmm. and maybe some of the viewers have heard of a of a movie called Samsara. My husband actually made that film about I think it came out about six years ago, which is really a word. It's it's the name for the cycle of birth, death, and rebirth. It's not necessarily uh, about incarnation, although it can mean that too. But it's about these cycles of the inception of something, mm-hmm. uh, it unfolding, and then the end of it. And there are, there are many cycles in our lifetime and beyond, of course, and we have to, to be aware of them and to honor them yeah. and to accept them. I say that as someone who just turned 50 to, uh, two months ago. So... Both, and there are cycles, stages in our lives. Mm-hmm. And for those who believe, like you and I, you know, we have lifetimes to 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 work yeah. on stuff. And you know, you talked about age. You look beautiful for fifty, and fifty is wonderful. Um, I was fifty thirteen years ago, Aww. and um, I rediscovered my purpose on my journey at fifty-seven. Never ever think, well, I'm this age now. What else can I do? You know, I've interviewed people from the age of nine to eighty-five, and believe me, that eighty-five-year-old has almost the nine-year-old's energy, and inspiration, and 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 illumination. Is yeah. we can step in to our joy of life, our purpose of life. Our contribution uh, and our contributions to life are going to change according to our chapters of our lives, right? And uh, as you get older, it's a different chapter, a different type of contribution. Maybe it is just that wisdom and that inspiration. But it's not time to sit back and let life pass you by. You participate on a different level. But please still participate. Yes. Absolutely. And there are so many ways in which to participate. And I remember one of our teachers at school telling us that there are some people who are perhaps living in very remote areas, but who are very conscious beings. And just by them residing in that energy, sending that love out and maintaining that high vibration of of who they are, they participate enormously to the, to the, energy of of the planet so 
we can never at the, underestimate how we can participate or how loud or active on the physical level it has to be. Yeah. There's so many, there are myriad ways in yes. which we can participate. A whisper, a little breeze or a howling gale, whatever yeah. it is meant to be, it is meant to be and just ride the, that beautiful wave. By the way, I'd love to interview your husband on the movie. So mm-hmm. drop, drop a word in his ear, please. Um, I think what we are in a world right now is of discovery, isn't it? You know, we're we're seeing so much transition in the world physically. You know, right now I'm so inspired by our youth that are standing up and saying, look, we placed our security in our life in your hands. You're letting us down. We're standing up and fighting for the rights of, of our lives, um, of our education, of our future. And it's, you know, this is a beautiful thing to see people standing up in peace, in respect, but with a voice that says boundaries, you know, we will not accept this, you know, uh, we will accept that. And it's coming together. Um, I love the song Andrea Day's Rise Up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because it's an invitation for us to rise up as a human race in support and love of each other. And Mm -hmm. I say human race, all races, you know, close your eyes, don't listen to the different languages, but yeah. start feeling each other's heart and souls. And you will understand we're all part of this together. The only people that separate us this is the human side of us. The spiritual side of us only feels each other's energy. It doesn't know what color you are, what sex you are, what race you are. It only feels your energy. And if we could tap into each other's heart and souls and see each other from that level, I don't think we will have all this animosity that we have today. I know. Well, really, the the spiritual level and the connection of the soul is the only, the only experience of non-duality that we have here on the planet. What happens on the mental level, what happens on the emotional or physical level, have the polarity of good yeah. or bad um, and so it's really only when we go to the the realm of the spirit which we every single inhabitant of the planet can access is really the realm of of non-duality and where there's no right and wrong or good or bad uh, and you know it's at that level that we are one so to speak right um, And a lot of people think that being one means you're abstaining from any responsibility. And I'm always referring to it as an orchestra. You know, we all learn our instrument. When our instrument is ready, we come to the orchestra and then we, in harmony, participate together to create a symphony that resonates around the world. Um, We don't have all violins or all pianos. We need our different instruments in order to create that symphony. And, you know, we need those different voices, different perspectives, different understanding, different embracements, different mm-hmm. skills and of life, because that is what creates the bigger picture. Yes, absolutely. Um, I don't know what else I could add to that because <laughs> so eloquently described it, but it's really very, very, very true. Um, I was thinking just because we have uh, underlined five things that I thought I would love the the audience to yes. be left with in terms of because sometimes people 
ask me one of the questions I get all the time, well, how can I become more spiritual or mm -hmm. how can I cultivate or explore more my sixth sense or that part of my life? And during the 27 years of uh, experiencing and experimenting with, with uh, the world of the spirit, and also really even before that because I had a grandfather who was a priest and I, on the other side of the family, a grandmother who was a, a very spiritual woman. And I grew up in Transylvania where people are very open to mm -hmm. a lot of, to everything that has to do with the sixth sense, so to speak. So I feel that I, I've been marinating in this information for a lifetime, but formally or officially for 27 years. But I wanted to share five things. I mm -hmm. thought it would be nice to highlight five things of what we can do to cultivate our spirit side. One thing that has worked for me, and I've used it a lot, is the skill of free-form writing. Sometimes I commit to 30 days in a row of writing approximately 30 minutes a day. And free-form writing is you just write everything that comes to you, everything that's present for you, it can be a way of purging, especially if there's anger or any kind of strong emotions or boredom, anything. But it's a way of sort of cleansing your channel, letting go of things, bringing um, awareness to what is present. And then you burn or you rip into small pieces, somehow get rid of This is not the kind of writing you want to keep around the house, mm -hmm. around your consciousness. You just burn it or you let go of it. I found this to be very powerful and I found I've received answers, directions, uh, ideas, ways of relating, ways of letting go of paradigms that no longer serve me. So freeform writing, I'm a big believer in that. The second one, and I have a whole chapter on it in the book, is dreams. Mm -hmm. I love working with dreams. Freud called them the royal path to our subconscious and it's really an exercise of of uh, bringing a flashlight and sort of bringing light into the basement of our subconscious and for those who say i don't dream or i can't remember my dreams i want to assure you that we all have about at least four to seven dreams per night yes. that's what scientists say set an intention before bedtime to remember your dreams, have a pen and paper ready by the bed so that before you get up and start talking or checking messages, you can write the gist of, of the dream and you can write you can write it in its entirety later in the day. I found dreams for me to be an unbelievable way of connecting to spirit. Um, I, I find them to help me heal patterns that I don't have to, to experience in real life, which sometimes it's, it can take a lot more energy. Yes. Uh, so healing patterns, anxieties, fears, I work with them by journaling them, giving a voice to every element in the dream because we know it's a projection of us. I've also had dreams where ancestors from the past showed up with a, an important message for me yep. or with a demonstration of deep 
love and reassurance, which was so important for me at that time. And I've also had dreams that I knew came from a higher realm and reminded me again that we are just spiritual beings having this life at our disposal, but there's so much more beyond. So for me, dreams have been incredible. For those who are not psychic or clairvoyant, etc., this is a wonderful way to start tapping into your sixth sense and cultivating your intuition. So, my dear, would you let everybody know how they can get hold of you so you can help them on this path of uh, finding their dreams and and tapping into themselves and the, and the free writing? Also, how they can be a part of the, the foundation as well? Sure. So, the website of the foundation is www.blueheronfoundation.org. Blue Heron is like the bird, Blue Heron. They, they can, of course, uh, contribute by donating. Those who are listening and are Romanian speakers can also have the opportunity to become mentors to the kids that we have under our wing. To contact me, the best way would be info at blueheronfoundation.org. I'm also on the internet, Stefania Magatson. And the book is on Amazon, Searching for the White Magician. Do you have the book with you there? You can show it up. I have the book with me. It's right. Okay, looking for the back. There we go, folks. Beautiful picture. I love it. <laughs> My best friend from Romania made this painting, and I thought it was such a beautiful way yeah. of uh, capturing the ethereal. Yes. Was there another question? Um, um, the- um, your site, and if it's your name, would you spell it out for the audience, please? Love? Yes, S-T-E-F as in Frank, A-N-I-A, and the last name is Magatson, M-A-G-I-D as in David, S-O-N. And that dot, dot, dot com? Um, Stefania Magatson, oh, I... That, that's just my name. They're probably going to find me on LinkedIn and so on, but um, that's just my name. Or they can also find the Facebook page of the book, and I can answer to them via the Facebook page, which is Searching for the White Magician. Right, and the Facebook page is Blue Heron Foundation. Uh, Twitter page is Blue uh, Lowercase Hyphen um, Heron F. And of course, then, of course, it's the blueheronfoundation.org. And, um, you know, this has been absolutely wonderful. I'm glad that we managed to get it in the bag. <laughs> and thank you for being patient with me. Uh, this is a new avenue for us doing video, but um, it's lovely to actually see somebody that we're being interviewing. Uh, but, you know, I really do encourage people to get the book. You know, it's a great Christmas gift, a great birthday gift, just somebody going through a hard time. You know, somebody in that crossroads, that transition, somebody who wants to change their life, you know, having a book like this where they can just pick a chapter that speaks to them. They don't have to go right from A to B. You know, they pick a chapter that speaks to you because that's what you need to know right now. And it can help you on your journey of life and just give you that shift. And of course, reach out to you at any time if they want to talk to you about the dreams or about the writing, because that both of those are excellent ideas. And I know from my own personal use really do help, Um, you know, especially the writing, because when you read back what you've written, 
you get a few aha moments. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I also say that when you're angry, before you start speaking to anyone, write it out, reread it. Is that what you really want to say? And what really is the issue before you start going at someone or press send? (laughs) Get clear and be eloquent because the results are almost guaranteed. Absolutely. You're going to get the reaction to what you send. So make sure what you send is inviting the right reaction. Thank you so much for being with us here today, love. This is... um, you know, I love what you're doing. I love your journey and what you, your meaningful purpose is. Uh, those kids are very, very lucky. But also anybody who reads the book is very lucky. And yes, I still want to interview your husband. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much for the opportunity, Sarah. This was uh, really a wonderful experience. And I'm just sending my best wishes to your listeners. And thank you again. Thank you very much. So, folks, join us again next time for another show here on selfdiscoveryradio.com. We bring you such inspiration from such beautiful people. And remember, you're one of them too. Until next time, bye for now.